Hello everyone, my name is Arti and this is the Mahabharata. Episode 27 Plotting the Future in our last episode, we experienced the pleasures of delayed gratification. Someone pisses you off, you don't just rush to Walmart and buy a gun, right? Where's the fun in that? Drona works at least 10 years training students for his revenge upon Drupad, which, when it comes, he savours like warm chocolate spread on hot buttery toast, rich gooey, satisfying. Meanwhile, Drupad, having surrendered half his kingdom at gunpoint and packed the moving van to his new capital of Kampilya, plots retribution that will take a decade and a half to realise. In the meantime, he's got lots to do. He has two new children, Trishtadyumna and Draupadi, born fully potty trained from the fire, Trishtadyumna emerges with a full arsenal of weapons and will go to train with Drona. The divine Draupadi, meanwhile, will practice the feminine arts, sweetly crocheting table napkins while eavesdropping on the more interesting men's conversations as her father and ministers discuss affairs of state. Now, I know what you're thinking. Aren't I glossing over some juicy family drama? Are we just going to ignore that the Pandavas' first meeting with their future father-in-law involves raiding his castle, stealing his money, kidnapping him, kicking and screaming, tying him up in chains and dropping him at the feet of their teacher? Isn't that going to come up in family therapy? I admit it's awkward, but Drupad is a glass-half-full kind of guy, you know? As Arjuna is eviscerating his army, he's admiring his killer physique and mulling wedding plans, thinking how to secure him as a son-in-law for the day that he has a daughter. But today we're leaving the Panchal kingdom behind and driving north to the Kuru kingdom to check in on our favourite boys. We last saw them at graduation, when they cooperated so well in the abduction of King Drupad. Let's see what's new with them. Had Dhritarashtra passed childhood in a remote mountain-set boarding school, he might have anticipated a lesson earnest nuns drummed into many a wayward head, that idle minds are the devil's workshop. Their schooling complete, daily structure of learning gone, 106 boys prowl about the Hastinapur palace, doing nothing in particular. Duryodhana is restless. Forever tormented about Yudhishthira's priority over him, he worries every day about what the future holds and reverts to childhood hobbies like assassination attempts. His new friendship with Karuna has emboldened him. Moreover, his favourite uncle Shakuni is visiting from Gandhar, always an indulgent presence. But to his great annoyance, 
every time he hatches a plot, his uncle Vidura interferes, foiling every plan. One night, he and his friends are at a hot new pub opened in town, imaginatively called Town Square. Music is loud, bodies are sweaty. He steps out with his beer to get some fresh air. There's a group of people sitting on the veranda, having an animated discussion about politics. The kingdom was always Pandus, one fellow is insisting. It was never even supposed to be Dhritarashtras. I mean, I feel sorry for the dude and all, but he was disqualified right at the outset. How can he be king now? But Pandu died, counters his friend. He renounced and he died. So doesn't that make Dhritarashtra official? Of course not, says another. Dhritarashtra was only ever supposed to be regent until Yudhishthira grew up. Everyone knows that. He's not supposed to hang on to the throne forever. Yes, but you can't just remove him now. He's been ruling so long as king. Yudhishthira is going to have to wait until he's dead or he retires. But that could take forever and he might never retire. Look at poor Charles, been waiting in the wings for decades. They all laugh. Look, it's only fair. They finish school, Yudhishthira should rightfully be installed king. And he's a good guy. Cool-tempered, fair-minded, respectful. It's not like he's going to turn his uncle out on his ear. They reflect for a moment. Another round of bill? Standing in the shadows, a chill sets into Duryodhana. He heads back into the pub almost blindly, staggered by what he's heard. He gets his friends. We have to talk. In the morning, he goes to his dad. You're cloistered here in your little bubble, but you have no idea what people on the street are saying. They want to displace you and install Yudhishthira as king. He tells Dhritarashtra about what he's heard, with a few strategic embellishments. We have a serious problem, Dad. If this becomes big, we might even have a coup. No, that's not possible. Why not? We have to be smart about this. Just think for a moment. The kingdom should have been yours, but went to Pandu. Now, if Yudhishthira becomes king, his children will inherit, and their children after them. Your children will be sidelined forever. Are you okay with this? Tritarashtra ponders, I know what you're saying, but we can't just evict them from their father and their grandfather's kingdom. Pandu was my brother. He was very good to me. I never once knew him to take anything that he didn't first offer me. And Yudhishthira is a good person, like him. Besides, he's very popular. Pandu always pampered his counsellors and the army, looked after their sons and their grandsons. They would kill us if we tried to do anything to Yudhishthira. I've thought of that, says Duryodhana. We have a plan. Duryodhana shares his idea with his father. The treasury is under my control. We're going to spend the next year changing people's loyalties. 
The plan borrows from the platforms of both the left and the right. First, we'll cut taxes. That'll make everyone happy except bleeding-heart liberals to appease whom we'll forgive student loans. We'll provide land grants for the poor, guaranteed basic income, increase the minimum wage, which we'll subsidize so it doesn't upset businesses. To improve the job situation, we'll provide incentives for corporations to set up here and launch infrastructure projects, highways, community centers, public toilets. By the end of the year, our people are going to be so happy they'll be ready to kill for us. And what about the Pandavas? questions Shritarashtra. That's part two, beams Duryodhana. While all that's happening, we'll do some fake news. We'll spin tales about the city of Varnavat. I know all the major ad people. They'll spin it like Disneyland, Paris, Venice and Vegas all rolled into one. The Pandavas will get curious and they'll want to go. When I've consolidated my control of the kingdom, they can try to return again. Brilliant, right? In the opening pages of our text, we find Tritharashtra plunged in grief, bewailing the loss of a hundred sons. He tells his driver, Sanjay, I had no preference between my own sons and Pandus, but my sons were stubborn, and I, an old, blind man, gave in out of weakness. But here we see, long before the war, Dhritarashtra reveals his duplicitous nature. When Duryodhana lays out his clever plan, Dhritarashtra confesses, the same idea had occurred to me, but it seemed too evil to reveal. He sets aside misgivings about his brother's children and helps Duryodhana strategize. What are you going to do about BVD? They'll never approve. I've thought about that, responds Duryodhana. Grandfather Bhishma will always be neutral. Guru Drona's son is my friend and he'll go where his son goes. And Uncle Vidura doesn't matter. His fortune is tied to ours and he has no power in any case. Tritarashtra approves the plan. The next day, they mobilize. All the airwaves are suddenly full of news stories about the charms of Varnavat. What used to be a quaint village in the state of Uttarakhand, known only to pilgrims of the nearby holy cities of Haridwar and Rishikesh, is now a popular leisure destination for the well-heeled, reports BBC Travel. The Discovery Channel does a segment, as does a spin-off travel channel, talking about camping, ziplining and whitewater rafting on the Ganges. CNN and Fox both compete for advertising of the new Disneyland opening shortly. Even the National Geographic does a piece, balancing sober talk of environmental degradation with stunning footage of pristine waters rushing down the Himalayan mountainside. Please can we go, mum? Nakul pesters Kunti. I've never been paragliding and canoeing. And Disneyland, adds Sahadeva. Don't forget the rides. And there's also an international food festival, reads Pima from the brochure. A whole pavilion just of pasta. Yippee! Kunti's indulgent, 
but Vidura worries. Sounds too good to be true, he states, looking over the pamphlets. Why have we never heard all this before? And why are we being bombarded with coverage now? Disneyland? Casinos? Where are the permits? On a hunch, he mentions the festivities to Dhritarashtra and finds him enthusiastic. They should absolutely go. Let them have fun. It sounds fantastic. Wish I could see it. Okay, Vidura says carefully. I'll make the arrangements. We'll take over the entire four seasons. That'll be 112 rooms for the family, plus another 50 or so for the staff. Oh no, we can't go, Dhritarashtra interjects. You know how it is. The in-laws are visiting. But Kunti and the Pandavas should go. They don't need us. But surely Duryodhana and the boys want to visit Disneyland and the casinos? There are lots of great shows, I hear. Somebody called Lady Gaga is performing. My boys can go later. What's the rush? Let the Pandavas go and enjoy now. In fact, there's a special guest house just for them. Vidra is now pretty sure what's happening, but tries an experiment. In that case, the Pandavas should wait too. More fun if the whole family is together. No, Dhritarashtra pronounces firmly. They must go now. I have a house designed for them. They'll go next week. Vidura departs, his heart filled with dread. I'm not sure what it is, but you must be very careful, he warns the Pandavas. They're plotting something. I just don't know what. They're always plotting, counters Arjuna. That's 26 assassination attempts to date and counting. What else is new? No, Arjuna, this is serious. Before it was just Duryodhana. Now I'm getting something from the king himself. Maybe we should cancel, worries Kunti. Why risk walking into a trap? You can't cancel, Vidura says grimly. The king was very clear. He insists you go. You'd have to outright defy him, which would create serious trouble. He thinks. No, you keep with the plan to avoid suspicion. I'll try to find out more. But complete vigilance every moment, all of you. Kunti and her boys pack the car for Varnavat. On the face of it, everyone's excited. Woohoo! Road trip! exclaims Pima. Why can't we go too? grumbles their cousin Vikarana. He's Duryodhana's brother, but one of the good ones, and he likes the Pandavas. But the Pandavas have already disappeared into the horizon. Along the way, they start receiving bizarre text messages from Vidura. What's a weapon not made of iron, but that destroys the whole body? I love riddles, exclaims Nakula. This is fun, better than I spy. The others give him a look. It's a warning, says Yudhishthira. Uncle is trying to tell us something. Oh. They puzzle over it. A weapon not made of iron destroys full body. Fire, says Yudhishthira. 
They sit and think. Okay, what does that mean? Another message. What kills the underwood and the moss but leaves the mold's house untouched? I have this one, says Arjuna. Moss and underwood are ground cover, so weed killer? Those chemical sprays? They kill the moss, but they don't penetrate underground. Also fire, says Yudhishthira. Uncle is trying to tell us it's something to do with fire. They all fall silent. It'll be the house, he says. They're planning to burn us alive. Nobody talks for a while. Then a third message. If a blind man loses his way, a man can protect himself with an ironless weapon going the way of the porcupine. Blind man, moles, porcupines. What's with all the encryption? yelled Pima. This is exasperating. Why can't he just speak plainly? He can't risk getting caught. Kunti states quietly. It's very simple, explains Yudhishthira. They're planning to kill us in a fire, probably at the house. Uncle is telling us that our blind king has lost his moral compass and we should dig a tunnel to hide. The fire won't burn us underground. But if the house is a fire trap, shouldn't we stay somewhere else? Why go there at all? asks Bhima. No, says Arjuna. That would invite suspicion. Let them think they've got us. That's our only advantage. What started as a cherished trip to Disneyland takes on sinister, macabre tones in which our teenaged heroes are suddenly cast in a mad fight for survival. In our next episode, there's going to be a beautiful house and a raging fire. People are going to die. How our heroes fare? Let's find out. If you'll join me for another episode of the Mahabharata.